I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And thank you for joining us on this diabetes special, as November is Diabetes Awareness Month. For this episode, we brought in our very good friend, Mike Delfiandra. Mike came in with an open heart and spoke about his life and how it's been since being diagnosed at 16 with type 1 diabetes. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our friend, Mike Delfiandra. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Speaking of big, big blueberries, Mike, will you tell... I know you just told Lisa and I, but real quick, I know this is not what the podcast is about. But brother, you just uh, made your own creation for New Year's. Can you uh, tell us, tell the world what you've made, man? Yeah, we're just uh, trying to keep the tradition with the blueberry drop for New Year's, uh, the giant blueberry. So we're getting one made for the town to have so they can use it every year and keep that tradition going. Is it finished? Is it good to go? Uh, It's getting close. Okay. A little bit more work to go. Yeah, I got some lighting and stuff to figure out, but it's going to be cool. Have you ever been hired to make a blueberry before? Nah, that's my first blueberry. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> and it is one of the biggest blueberries that we have seen. <laughs> yes, the biggest blueberry. So congrats on that, man. Thanks. And we were also saying, guys, if if you haven't seen yet, uh, this is, like I said, off topic from what this is about, but we got to mention this stuff. Mike, uh, where can people find you to see the work that you do? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen the work of this man, you need to get online and watch him at work. What do you do? You call it metal work? What What do you call what you do? Yeah, uh, so it's it's like functional artwork, but uh, I, I'm, my favorite thing is to get into the artwork. But uh, I've been welding my whole life. I uh, started out working for a metal artist, and I learned how to weld from that job. I didn't know how to weld when I got there. And I just kind of grew from there, and I've always been into art. I went to Stockton for graphic arts four years, so I've always been in that direction. Wait, with all your lack of technology knowledge, <laughs> you did that? Well, I never did touch a computer after that. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot has yeah. happened since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I've you know I kind of I fell into it while I was going to Stockton, and I just kept kept at it you know uh, i've been working for viking yachts now for like eight nine years and it just kind of developed my skills in pretty much everything you know so like it's like an industrial end of what i do but now what i like the most is that i can apply what i do to anything i can do a railing i can do a sculpture i can do a sign mm. i can do you know it's very broad it could be it's, art it's, it could be just something yeah. practical like yeah, like, I don't even have a favorite thing, you know? Like, I just like to apply, like, creativity to everything. So you love what you do. Yeah, I, I do. Like, you know, what I what I do at home is what I like the most. You know, I like to create things and do, like, special projects and sign, you know, stuff that's functional, not, not just artwork, you know? Like, not just a painting, but, like, I can make a railing that, to me, is art, and it doubles, you know? It's like... Holy crap, that looks awesome. Well, you but are. You it's are. still a railing. You know what I mean? Like, 
So you are a true artist, and, and it's a testament by what happened at Springfest last year. So for those those of you who don't know, we had a, a an event that was very successful, uh, raising money for JDRF uh, to put an end to childhood diabetes, and uh, we had that silent auction. And there were so many awesome gifts from all the businesses, but I'm not gonna lie, I put. I think I put 90% of my tickets into the bin to get your art piece, which could you describe <laughs> to the people this ginormous heavy piece? So it's a, I'd say, what, eight foot? Yeah. It's, it's up there. It's, it's like an abstract sunflower. I always like, you know, big abstract stuff. I, I don't like to get too detailed, but it's all uh, regular steel, which, you know, it rusts up, which I like. And so when I do things... I like it when I have control to do what I want. You know, when people tell me something specific that they want, certain material, stuff like that, it's cool. But, like, the best thing is, like, clean slate. Mm. So when I do stuff like that, it's awesome. And, like, that was just, you know, a giant abstract sunflower, and it's just huge. And I just, you know, go big or go home. You know, it's like if, if you're going to make it this big, why not make it? Eight foot. And we it five are now foot. the <laughs> proud owners of that yep. beautiful sunflower. So now you get to see it when you pull in here. Yes. Which is no better place to have it. Ah, thanks, dude. I, I tell these guys all the time, they're one of the few, very few people I trust with my kids, so... Oh. Couldn't have gone better. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I mean, Mary, if you are listening to this, <laughs> we miss you. We are immense fans, and you just rock the rock the halls of Reed Preschool. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you guys are great. Um, so, yes, diabetes. Um, Lisa, I know uh, you've you've spoken to Mike a lot about diabetes. He was actually someone that you uh, can uh, you got a lot of information out of. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. When it first so. Started? First, Mike, I have to thank you for being there for us pretty much from day one. Um, and just to give emphasis to how type 1 is a silent disease is we have known your family for a number of years. And until Casey was diagnosed, we had no idea that you had type 1. So here you are walking around every day going through stuff that I know more about than ever at this point in my life. And um, and that many people don't understand or, or realize how difficult it is to live with type 1. And here you are, and we didn't even know it. And that's how I got so involved in it is obviously Casey was diagnosed with it, our son. But I also grew up with a family friend who had type 1, seeing him every day, sort of like you and and in your case, I didn't know you had it. And in his case, I did know he had it, but I had no idea what it meant in terms of what he was going through. I had like vague concepts of what type one is, but not a clue of what um, the behind the scenes was that no one ever witnesses. And so it really hit my heart pretty strong when Casey was diagnosed and I realized what he was going <clears throat> through what our friend staff was going through that is the one who saved Casey's life, what you are going through, and, and there's other people in Hamilton that came out of you know the woodworks that we also had no idea who had type 1 that we know, and that were like, oh, I also have type 1, you know, like, let, how can I help you? And um, so we were just interested to, you know, have you share um, a lot about your knowledge with type 1, 
Um, so I thought I would ask you um, first to begin with, like, maybe your diagnosis story. Like, how old were you? How did you find out that you had type 1? What did your family think? Was it traumatic? I yes. Ours was so traumatic. I always wonder, like, does everyone get it like we did? Or, like, yes. was it easier for some people? So um, I got, when I was 16, I was in, was that junior year of high school? Something like that. So it was typical you know, I was drinking a lot, going to the bathroom a lot, couldn't sleep, kind of just tired, falling asleep in school, stuff like that. And I went to the doctor, blood test. I ended up going to DuPont Hospital in Delaware. They have, like, a program, and you stay there for, like, a week, and they give you a psychiatrist, they give you a dietitian, they give you all this stuff. And my parents were that. <laughs> they were what? Devastated. Oh. Yes. Right. It's, yeah. It's, it is the worst, one of the worst things you can hear as a parent. And especially after you get into that world and you realize what the disease means, it's it's literally heartbreaking. Yeah, but, like, uh, but that's that's what made it good for me. Like, I see you, like, that's how my family was, you know. Like yeah. My wife, my parents, everybody, they, uh... <laughs> yeah, well... I could see, man, obviously, I mean, obviously you love your family and you're feeling very emotional about this. I've cried my fair <laughs> share of tears, including just a week ago. I get it. It is a very traumatizing diagnosis and it's for life and it's really hard to accept and and live with and you mourn and you and you to a certain degree you never stop mourning about it. And, and Mike, you know, he's 16, like he's just getting yes. ready to be an adult. You know, there is, and then this just comes out of nowhere. So, like, for Casey, he was only five. And so I know that there's a difference when you get it as a teenager. Like, for Casey, if I ask him later in life, does he remember pre-diabetes, he's probably going to tell me not really. No. But yeah. when you're 16 and you get it, yeah. you've mm. had enough knowledge about life before diabetes. So it's a much different impact and experience yeah. to you well i was i told you that before i think like i think your son's situation is harder you know because it's like he doesn't get it he doesn't care he doesn't want to yeah he's not gonna go read a book and go take a college class and read on the internet about it he's like this sucks yeah i want to do what all my friends are gonna do you know like yes for me i was a little closer to being an adult and i just kind of like my family's all hard work and you know like just deal with it move on you know that's that's how we survive. So, like, I think that was easier for me, you know. But, like, for a young kid like that, I told you that. It's, like, there's things. It's just so complicated. You know, like, I, I can't even I can't relate to that situation. You know, like, I know diabetes because I've dealt with my whole life. And I still struggle with it every day. You know, it's yes. like. But I think the main, the best thing for you guys is that, like, the technology is awesome. Like, mm. even since I've had it. It's crazy better. Like, yes. not even, I mean, you can't even explain it. Like, when I first got my pump, like, pumps were new, you know, and, and that was amazing. Yes. But over time, I realized, like, there's a lot of things I was doing wrong. You know, now they have these glucose, you know, monitors and stuff, and it's like, I mean, it's it's life-changing. Like, it, that gives him the same chance as everyone else has if if you can instill in him that habit, you know, like, to just watch it. Yes. But it watches it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, before, it's like, I need to, I mean, when I started out, it was like shots, 
three times a day. And then I took the pen, but I still had to take shots every day. I still had to test every day. And then I was taking yes. fast acting, slow acting, you know, like, and then I have, I have thyroid disease too. I had a nodule on my thyroid. So like I have hypothyroid now. So I got to watch that too. Wait, how, is this new? No, I've had that. I got that when I was in like my twenties. I developed that. So like now I have, and that stuff's all connected. You know, so wow, man, and looking at you, you would never tell you had. Like, trying I mean, to say I'm fat. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying you look healthy. Yeah, Take that as you will. <laughs> so oh, when man. you started out, Mike, did you have the Dexcom or n not at all? When I first started, they didn't exist. Well, okay, can you so explain, explain what so a Dexcom, the Dexcom is? is? A sensor that you can attach to your body, and it literally gives you readings of your blood sugar continuously. Um, it's constantly updating it. So when Casey was diagnosed, we went, I believe, half a year without this. And let me just tell you, I don't know how I survived. I, I literally yeah. don't know. And if anyone's even gone more than half a year, I don't know how they did it. I mean, obviously, there's people who have had type 1 for the last 100 years, and they lived years and years without this technology. But And, and we were doing it. We were doing it for half a year. But when I look back, I'm like, I don't know how I kept my son safe enough because even checking him every two to three hours, there's been days where we've checked him and then half an hour later he's tanking and oh, he's yeah. he's going so low, it's like an emergency. And I'm like, well, how did that not happen in those six months that I checked him two hours and then he was miraculously okay for another two hours? Like, it, it's just like astonishing to think, um, you know, the way technology has developed, the, the, how much we depend on it to keep us healthier and safe. Oh, yeah. Like, I got this sensor. I've only had it for three years. Wow. So I went all that other time. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's go back. It. So so you get diagnosed. Like, everyone's devastated, obviously, mm -hmm. man. What were those first six months like? What was the routine? How were you emotionally? How did everyone deal? And, and did you, like, uh, we hear that, like, at teenagers... Because it's such a shock to their system, they can become rebellious and they almost are in denial and they're trying to like um, avoid even dealing with type 1 sometimes and it becomes pretty disastrous because they're going into a diabetic ketoacidosis, mm -hmm. they're not looking out for themselves, they're even like going low, having seizures, all because they're just trying to like, you know, avoid... Um, you know, coming to terms with this horrible diagnosis. So did you face those feelings or did you just dive head in and be like, I'm going to take this, you know, head first and just dive in and be good about it? Yeah, like uh, I've always, like I said, uh, um, I met my wife when I was 17 too. So between her and my my parents and stuff, I had support like you guys give your son. That's, I can relate to that. And I did, I did really good with it, uh, especially in the beginning. When I was younger, uh, I was really skinny before, and, like, once mm -hmm. I got all my sugar, like, straightened out and stuff, I put on some weight, and I started feeling better. Uh, with You're diet. healthy, bro. <laughs> Leave it alone. You look great. No, I was 110 pounds. Though. I'm 210 now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I, I, I always – it just kind of, like, became who I was, you know? Like, I just dealt with it. It just uh, – did you it's, find it, I, certain I still, things harder than others to, to self-manage it? Yeah, like, the thing is, no matter how young you are, you know, your, your son's way young, but from teenager on, like, it's it's on you. You know what I mean? Like, because 
with diabetes, like if you get off to bad habits in the beginning, that's why I tell you it's super important that he gets off started off good. Yes. It's just like anything else. It's almost like an addiction. You know what I mean? Like if you start off bad, it's just you're just bad groundwork. You know what I mean? Like if you just that foundation. You, you get used to feeling crappy. You get used to that stuff and you just like you don't care. You know, you just you just it's just just like anything else, man. It's like it's just a dive bomb. You know, yes. like if you if you it's just like anything. If you feel good, you just you want to keep feeling good, you know. But like when you get in that rut, it's it's tough to get out of it, you know. It's like, yeah. and you do get like I had a I had a long period of time where like I just kind of not that I didn't care, but I didn't watch it like I should, you know. Like, got a little like lazy. five six years, you know. And oh, like whoa. Where, where I, I'm not saying I didn't take care of, but like where I just I wasn't testing like I should and. My A1Cs were good, which is, uh, oh, you know, your A1C is your three-month average, your sugar. Yeah, yeah. So for for those of you who don't know, when you go to the doctor to get your checkup and they're checking your A1C, it is like a general idea of how your blood sugar has been. And Over if, if, the last three months. And if it hasn't been good, you know, that means that it hasn't been good for uh, your internal organs. Yeah. And, yeah, so it, to keep that and A1C good is to keep your overall health good. And, and like I keep saying, it's, it's so much more complicated than that, you know, like, cause what I didn't realize for the longest time was as in any average, if you average your sugars and they're extremely high and extremely low all oh, the yes, time, it yes. will average to a good number. Yes. So, that's so that one, blood test yes. is misleading sometimes. Like if you're very erratic and your, your numbers are all over, say they're 50% bottomed out, 50% too high, you're going to get a good number. Yes. It, it, it's an average yeah, I learned that fast when she, the doctor once told me that I said, oh, you know, like, there's some people there that, like, say they have a 5A1C, and she's like, well, you got to be careful with that because some of those people might have that, but they're, like, tanking low, like, mm-hmm. you know, 40% of the time. I feel like there should be, like, a better scale. Like, I feel like there yeah. should be two scales. One scale is to show, like, if your uh, blood sugar has been too high for X amount, and, and one for low, they shouldn't be doing an average like that like you could have perfect if you're always low and always high right. but just at that right amount that sweet spot but that's where this new like my my cgm my continuous glucose monitor oh, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. is linked to my pump so like when i go to my doctor it shows him everything yes and yes. if he look my doc I, I love my doctor for that because he's very good with pumps and like he'll look at it and say okay well you know, this, this doesn't add up. And he knows that it's, it's like wrong information. Mm-hmm. You know, because not, if you're erratic, if your sugar's erratic, none of this stuff works. None of it works. Your CGM is inaccurate. Your blood tests are inaccurate. All that stuff is inaccurate. So like I said before, it's, it's a dive bomb. Like if you don't keep semi-level, mm-hmm. you're running on bad info. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's, a, that's another big thing that people don't realize. Yeah, and that's dangerous because your doctor is basing future information your, off of your medication. That. Yes, I mean, you know, like like ten ten units of insulin can kill you. Yes, if you I, take ten units of insulin, if I took if I took ten fifteen units of insulin right now and I didn't eat, you'd be taking me to the hospital mm. in about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I actually put up a post for Diabetes Awareness Month about the the small visual difference between two units of insulin and ten units of insulin. One deadly one manageable and fine and 
And there's plenty of people that I see online, and we've experienced it ourselves with dosing errors, including with Casey's uh, past doctor. Yeah, yeah, just, people, you can't just glance yeah. over that. A doctor gave us the wrong script, so we way overdosed Casey, and this yes. was when he first had diabetes. So when we way overdosed, yes. and his blood sugar dropped. I mean, he was mm -hmm. on the verge of something very awful. Yes, he, he was literally on the verge of dying. Well, and, yeah. and it had <laughs> the nurse not called us at that point, realizing his mistake over four hours later, um, he would have been in a terrible situation. I don't even know what, yeah. I don't even want to imagine that situation right now. It was devastating to me. And it just showed me that you can't, really trust anybody because humans are humans and even doctors make mistakes yep. and even family who love you can make mistakes like they can misread a needle the dosage misunderstand information and that extra insulin is deadly yep. and it, it's one of, that's one of the scariest things with type one is that the patient or the patient's caregivers are making the dosing decisions largely Number one, even though you ha can have like a carb insulin ratio, you're still guessing, you're still estimating all of these um, amounts based on carb counts that you don't really always know what the carb count is based on, you know, blood sugar levels, etc. And you can be wildly off sometimes. And I've also seen people online give themselves a Lantus shot instead of their short-acting insulin shot during the day or vice versa. And they give the short-acting one at night by accident, and then they're in a bad situation. It's, it's so easy. I've pulled, my, I've pulled my hose out while I'm sleeping. Oh, god! Insulin hose. I've tied it in a knot. Hooked it on the counter, ripped it off. I've, oh, I think I've about had, that a lot. Getting uh, it hooked on a counter—that could happen so easily. Happens all the time. I mean, at least I'm awake when that happens. But I've mm -hmm. I've woken up with my hose tied in a knot in my sugar 400, and wow. it went up so fast or so low, so fast that the pump doesn't. Like I said, it's not made to. They're just not the tech's getting there, but it's not there yet. It's not. It's not super accurate. It's not like it knows your exact sugar all the time. That's why you still have to like. I still am supposed to calibrate it, meaning test my sugar by my finger. Yes. Two to three times a day to keep it calibrated right. Because if it bounces around, it gets calibrated out of whack. Yes. You know, so it doesn't. It doesn't stay. The numbers wrong. Yeah. You know? And like you said, now you're basing a super potent, deadly medication off of the wrong number yes and it it happens so easy it still happens to me and i've been doing it my whole life yes i mean but casey's found himself <laughs> in a bind sometimes like there's been times maybe when he was putting his pump back in his pouch before the screen was turned off and mm -hmm. could have accidentally pressed a button and the insulin got shut mm -hmm. off and he went to school and i'm sitting here wondering why his blood sugar is skyrocketing mm -hmm. it's like already at 400 double arrow up going fast and it turns out when the nurse looked at it later that his insulin was turned off and there's been times when you're like changing the cartridge and the last step is to press resume insulin and if you're in a rush you know that step could be missed like yep. if you know and, casey and can be impatient like that, sometimes you're in for a whole day yes down. the whole day, whole day. yes and that's one of the things that uh and i don't like it when people say this but i'll say it anyway it's like you know you just don't get it you know you yes. just like the way you feel when it's like that you could sleep through a you know a freight train going by yeah i or actually like, wanted to ask you so if you could tiring. describe what it feels like to feel to 
to have high blood sugar and what it feels like to have low blood sugar because mm. I can only visually see the impact on Casey, which is awful to witness as a parent, but I can't feel it. Yeah, so the lows are, are what can kill you. And they they come on fast, you know, and it's it's like you just go pale, you go sweaty, you get sh- I mean shake, tr- shaking, shaking, trembling, shaking. Mm-hmm. You know, like the lower it gets, obviously the worse it is, and it can drop so low so fast that you can't take care of it. You know, like that's I've never had. I've had some really low, but for some reason I've never. I mean, I've had numbers where the doctor's like, you should have, like, passed out from like that. Like, what number? Like, 30, Yeah, so when, when the nurse caught that arrow with the doctor's medical arrow, Casey's blood sugar at the time was 26. Yeah. Which she, his school nurse had said, I don't even know how he didn't pass out. Yeah. That's He could barely walk up the stairs. He was stairs. probably real close to it. Yes, he know? could barely walk up the stairs. He was hysterical. It's, it's like, not that your son would know what that's like, but yes. it's like being drunk. Yes. You know, it's like being drunk. It's like, you know, you don't, you just don't, you don't know what's going on, you know? And like, that's where having people around that know what's going on, at least enough to know what to do. Because there are emergency shots and stuff like that that you can take. Yeah. Shots. But have you ever had to take those? One time. You what could, happened? It was glucagon? Dad had to do it for me. That's my big fear right there. He wasn't happy because my dad's not big on needles either. <laughs> oh, your dad had to do it, huh? Yeah, that was when I was 21-ish. <laughs> so what happened? So your blood sugar got so just, low you passed out? It just bombed so low and I had to take it, it you know. No, I hear good, so. when, first of all, that's a scary situation and I literally dread the day if I ever have to use that with Casey. <clears throat> but they do have a nasal spray now as well. But nonetheless, I I just dread and fear if that were to happen. But um, when... You get that shot. I've heard sometimes when you wake up from it, you feel awful. Does it make you feel as bad as people say? I don't really remember that, honestly. So I, well, I that's did, probably yeah. for the best. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, was, it was literally, I'll be honest with you, after that, I pretty much, I kind of stayed straight after that. You know, I always did good with it. I, I really, was that I, the years I, you were talking about that you said you weren't paying close attention to it? No, nah, that was when I was, you know, early 20s still. Oh. Like, yeah, so... I, I'm I go through waves, you know what I mean. Like I still anyone would, right? Yeah, it's just like sometimes you just get tired of doing it. Yeah, it's it's every, every second, every day, every second. You know, everything I do, not just what I eat, how long I sleep, stress. You know, like if you're sick, if you like, I can't take anything. I take it messes my sugar up. If I take like prednisone, forget it. Like I'd rather be sick. It, it it's terrible. Yeah, like when I got COVID in the very beginning, when COVID happened. And the worst part was that it like your immune system's all whacked and it your sugar goes up. It, it's just all erratic. You it know, was it's not hard. good for diabetics you know, at all. No, no illness is good for anyone, but diabetics but especially diabetics. because it just makes it harder. It's just I, I always I know that people don't want to hear, but it's like our bar is just that higher. Like it's harder to just do normal things all the time. You know, like it's it's harder to get up in the I morning. Think that, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I think that's why I think the one of the most important messages that just got brought up that I think people should get out of this conversation is what you said before. And it's that it's your every second of every day. And if anyone has to go through a struggle every second of every day, it is going to make an immense impact on their every second of every day. 
So hopefully anyone who hears this will understand if they ever deal with a future diabetic, work with a future diabetic, that, you know, that that comes with uh, some things you're going to have to be aware of. And you can't just stop. You can't just be you lazy. You can, but it don't work. <laughs> and I, it'll, go, it'll go south real quick. Yes, but you're just going towards disaster. Yeah, and like another thing that I always have like a pet peeve about is like type 1, type 2. Like I almost wish type 2 would be renamed. Different name, right? Yes. Like totally something totally not related because, you know, everybody has type 2 now because we're generally unhealthy world it's crazy 95 of people with diabetes and so many people lump them in with the same thing as type one everybody does except for people that have it or are super close to somebody that has it and even them even people that are super close to you just think you have like a worse version of like oh you have it real bad i get that all the time you have it real bad it's like I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear it. Like, it used to annoy me, but now it's just like, you know, they don't, uh, they don't know. It, that's fine for them, you know? Like, I don't want them to know, <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? But, like, when, when you're going through it, it's just kind of like you get this, like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Like, get over it. It's like, yeah. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a big deal. You're so right. They, they should be two totally yeah. different names. What a ridiculous Maybe we can move. work on that. We can yes. get a new name. So, yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, pe- people, like, you know, I like I said, I grew up around someone with type 1, and even though I knew it was different than type 2, I don't think I realized the extent of how serious it is. Like, literally, like, life or death, you I know? Mean, you could die any day. Yes, yeah. any you can day. literally die. You, you're lucky every day you wake up and you're still alive. Like, it's that serious. And if you take your eye off of it for <laughs> any second... That's when it's going to get you. Like, this disease, I I think of this as one of the sneakiest diseases in the world. Because, first of all, it sneaks up on you before you're diagnosed and you have no idea. And some people die because they're misdiagnosed. And other people, many people end up in diabetic ketoacidosis because... It's it, they think it's like oh it's a cold it's a growth spurt oh it's the flu oh right. it's just a stomach bug and they just never like catch on I mean that was us like mm-hmm. even though I looked up his Casey's symptoms and type one was the first Google thing to pop up I was like what I gotta no. find something else let, let, yeah <laughs> let, let me let Google this and like not let's, my kid yeah not type yeah. one like that doesn't make any sense and then. So we went the whole rest of the day, and thank God, like, you know, Steph was babysitting him that night. She's type 1, and she caught just one symptom, Mm -hmm. him drinking water like he was in a desert to Mm -hmm. the last drop. That was all it took. Someone with awareness saved his life. And and if he had, if something terrible had happened to him, obviously I would never have forgiven myself because type 1 was the answer on my phone, and Mm -hmm. I didn't believe it. It's tough, babe. Yeah, but it's, it's you know. It's just like anything else. It's hindsight thinking, you know. It's like, yeah, you can't do that. You can't go to Doctor Google. You know, you gotta, yeah. You you know you know your son, and eventually you're like, all right, something's not right. You take him to the doctor, and you know, you guys. We were on the verge of it. You guys are. You guys are there. You guys are. You guys are supportive enough that you know it wouldn't. It would have never got to that. You know, yes, I like, would have never, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't let your kids out of God, your sight. man, there's some parts of that, yeah. dude, that I, I, to be 100% honest, that I, like, I think it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life because uh, there were times where Casey 
you know, all the kids, we were doing something exercising or doing something like that, and he just wouldn't do it. And yeah. I just, I, I put it off on him just, like, being lazy yeah, rather so, than realizing. And it was, it's yeah. so hard for me looking back knowing that he was really not feeling well. When I was in, I went to St. Joe's in Hamilton, and uh, my teacher sent me to principal, like, a bunch of times. I kept falling asleep. Oh! I'm like, oh. I'm like I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I didn't even think, like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just tired. I don't know. And I would kept getting in, like, kind of, not in trouble, but wow. why are you sleeping? Well, you need to sleep more, blah, 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 blah. And then I was out for a week, and, you know, it's Catholic school. They're all praying for me and stuff. <laughs> and when I come back, he's, like, in tears, apologizing oh. to me. And I was like, oh, what? Can I get an A now? <laughs> 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 but it's just little stuff like that that always, you know, it's, like, I had to, back then I was on a very strict, um, on my my syringes, and I would have to like eat at certain times. So like we had a, like an alternating lunch, and I would have to like take lunch at the same time every day. It's so, like every other day I would be like by myself eating in the nurses' room uh, <laughs> with the one other diabetic kid that was there. You know, we were like best friends then. Oh, uh, I was gonna <laughs> say, hopefully he was cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah. it's just like I said, there's a lot, there's a lot to it that people don't realize, and. Yeah, I'm, I don't like to complain. I don't like to use it as a crutch or nothing like that, you know, but it's just, it's a lot of effort, you know, it's just, but that's why it's so important for him and anyone. I mean, the best thing that could ever happen, I wish I knew somebody that had it. That's why, like, I gravitate to you guys. Yes. Like, like, I just, like, you know, it's like insider trading, you know what I mean? It's like insider trading. Like, you know, I know, ex I know exactly what's going on. I'm not saying I do everything the right not even close. I don't do everything right. I don't. I, I mess up all the time. But you could come to me and I have an answer. You know what I mean? Because I've been there. Yes. It's and just, I was going to ask yeah. you, like, when is the first time you met someone with type 1? Because... Never. 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 So is, is Casey... I've been... <laughs> I haven't had... It, like, I've had tons of support. Yes. I would never take that away from my wife or my family or any of that. Yes. Because they're the reason why I did well with it yeah but i never had that you know like yeah. i feel like if there was like a someone you probably, could share there probably with. is like a program or something like that, but like like say you know i just had a friend that had it someone like, you could relate like to home run you know what i mean like home run like yo what do i do what do i do for this you know what have you ever had this happen of course they have you know they've had it their whole life you yes. know like you you probably couldn't bring a situation there, to me no that i haven't had you know what i mean like yes i've been since i was 16 i'm 38 so and people have it like he got it younger than me, so he's gonna be on it a lot longer than I have at some point. Yeah. You know? But it's like to have that is like you can't even put a price on it. You know, like you can go to all the doctors in the world. Like I've been to doctors and I am no doctor and I'm not as smart as a doctor, yeah. but they don't know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? They know they know their mm. book, they know but if I had a doctor that had it or a friend that had it. You can't I mean, it goes yeah, with... Yeah, so I agree. First of all, like, that's one thing that, like, people think that doctors, they're, they're doctors, they know the diseases. But honestly, if the doctor does not live with type 1 or act as a caregiver to someone with type mm -hmm. 1, which is, is as close as you can get to living with it without having it, they do not understand as well what type 1 means. They just yeah. don't. They're basically saying... Take take your medicine, take your insulin, come back, see me in three months, you know, right. let's check the doses. But they don't really understand, like, how much work it takes, the monitoring, the vigilance, mm -hmm. the exhaustion, 
any any of that side of it so like for me if i wanted to talk to like someone about like you know diabetes distress or burnout mm. like i can't like tolerate talking to someone who doesn't really know what type 1 is because they're right. they're looking at you and they're not comprehending the seriousness of what you're talking about because they they can't they're even imagine. They're telling you what they learned in class. Yeah, they're they're just telling you like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know. And then they'll make a comment that you almost are like, oh man, I'm going to pretend yeah. I didn't hear that. You yeah, know? that that takes patience, you know. But it, you know, of course, <laughs> you, you don't want you, you don't want anyone to have it, you know. And I'm not going to go around thinking I need a type one doctor, you know. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah, Casey actually likely. has one right that's now. That's awesome. Which yeah. is yeah, that's awesome. And, but that's after exchanging the last one right. who almost killed him for this right, one. Right. So with all the uh, obviously, I think we've made it clear at this point. Type one sucks. It is a hard <laughs> life, but man, there are advances. And I saw, I see you've brought some things with you. Uh, could you explain what you've brought with you today? Yeah. So I just brought. I wanted to show you guys this. Uh, this is the. So my sensor goes five days. I had, which is my CGM that we talked about earlier. That monitors my sugar. That's a separate sensor. I change that every five days, but I also change my pump every three days. So you're constantly changing stuff. That is but, a beast. Yeah, but, so your sensor is every five days. Yeah. Okay, but, Casey's is every 10, although yeah. half the time it doesn't really last 10 days. So this is where, so the reason I, and this sensor I have is not as good as the one he has. But the reason I use it is because it links to my pump. It's called a closed loop system. So like it beams to my pump every five minutes, my sugar, and it graphs it. It gives me all kinds of alerts before I have a problem. So, like, it'll show me trends that I can fix before I have an issue. Yeah, like, 30 minutes ahead of time. It's, it's like, a game changer, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, it, it's not perfect. Like I said, it, you have to kind of – people think they're going to put it on, and it's, like, an external pancreas, you know? Because yeah, it's you're really good to go. Yeah, so, like, when you get type 1, basically, like, the cells in your pancreas get an infection, they die. It's, like, an autoimmune disease. So, like, you're in, you're, you're – uh, pancreas doesn't make insulin anymore, which breaks down sugar. So a pump or your shots or whatever is basically like you're replicating what your body automatically does with its pancreas. Yes, yeah, so as close as possible so to basically technology in this day and age. I mean, this technology is like an external pancreas. Almost. So crazy. So, yeah. So like it'll give you micro doses. Like you know how you take the you can take like fast acting insulin and slow acting insulin, and they peak over certain amounts of time yes. and all that. Instead of that. This, my pump has fast acting insulin and it gives you micro doses mm -hmm. all the time, like a background insulin. And then when it senses your sugar starting to go up, it'll start a little more. Do you know right, when come down? Do you more. know when yes. you're being dosed? Do you know the, do you even it does it, it automatically until I hit like 180? Your blood sugar, and 180. Then, and then when it gets that high, it wants you to manually fix it because that's too high. Right. So that's where, you know, like I said, you have to kind of be somewhat in range so every five minutes it gives you that if same and vice versa if it starts to go low it'll it'll back off the insulin till it gets to a certain i think it's like 70 or 60 or something like that and then it's like okay you need to address the situation but it keeps you in range it keeps you in an, an at like a statistically average range as much as you'll let it you know what i mean so like and but, how do you when when you say that you have to like change uh, the site or change the pump. Can you explain to the people what that what that looks like? Yeah, so the pump is um, it's it's basically like a tiny little catheter. It's about a half inch long, 
maybe like a 16th inch tube. It has a needle inside of it. So it's like a spring loaded, uh, looks like a hockey puckish looking thing. You pull it, it snaps. You put it wherever you're going to put it, which could be like your belly, your sides. Do you have a preferable legs, place or you just wherever? I got all the fat in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts less where you have fat. Okay, you know, that makes sense. Back of your arm, your legs. Don't yeah, too bad. the soft spots. So you, you insert it with that, and then you pull the inserter off. It pulls the needle out, and it leaves the little, it's just a little tiny catheter, and it's pretty painless. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little painful. Like, I've been doing it for so long. You get a little scar tissue and stuff like that. So you got to try to, like, but you only got so much square footage, you know? So it's like you try to go all around. For Casey, he has his, like, favorite spots, and it's a real yeah. battle yes. to try to get him to switch it up, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, you need to get him to do that because yeah. he'll build it. And it also changes, like, your absorption rates and stuff. So, like, oh. if you build up scar tissue, it'll, like, it might absorb slower because mm. you, it's, it's not no going, way. like, into that fat tissue. It's going into, like, scar tissue. So these are all the little things, you know, and keeping it clean, gets infected. Yeah, so do I'm you I'm a little on the hairy a... side. Oh, hair dude, I didn't help. think about that. I mean, that. I have that sticker on so long. I'll shave it. I'll put it on, and it'll grow through the sticker. No. <laughs> oh, my god! And then you got to rip it off. Now, these are things I didn't think uh, about. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things that Casey gets, which just breaks my heart is when you pull off the patches that hold on either the the sensor mm-hmm. or the pump site he he his skin is just raw and and bleeding essentially 10 days man that's a long yes. time to have a bandaid on yes and in mm-hmm. it's it's hard to heal because mm-hmm. number one it's harder for type 1 people to heal so you don't have a lot of time for it to heal because, like, we, for instance, switch his sensors from one back of the arm to the next back of the arm. So that really only gives, like, you know, a little bit of healing time. And and it just it, it just looks awful, and it, it itches. So he scratches at these spots, which, you know, makes it even worse. And so we try to put lotions on. And I see this as, like, a consistent problem across all diabetes forms mm-hmm. it is just a state of being basically i'm i'm a welder i get dirty <laughs> oh, yeah. I, i'll be honest with you i don't think i would want my even though it would be nice to not change it so much i don't think i would want it to last any longer because mm. of that you know yes. like you get infections and stuff it's it's still like an open kind of you know like it's an iv like think yes. about if you went and got a very small iv put in your hand at the hospital and you had it in for 10 days with a yes. sticker on it. And you're welding. That's what you're doing. <laughs> or, I mean, kids especially, you know, they're sweaty. and Yeah, go Casey through, is full speed in the summer, dirt. I fight with it. I have stickers and glue. And, I mean, I just have all kinds. of. I've, I've got it pretty figured out now. So I got you on that one because I've done the homework. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to but, consult you for further advice yeah, on that one because so. it's. But even like this, this here is like my, this is my pump inserter. And they made these ones they are actually, like, it used to have an inserter, and you load it with the thing and shoot it. Now it's all in one. Like, this is actually preloaded with a so spring. So it, it looks like... Um, oh, wait, preloaded with the insulin? No, this, all? no the, the insulin is still, you have to fill this and all that. Okay, that's right. But this okay. is what you put on your skin, and you push this button, 
and it puts it in. I'm telling you, you don't even. So he's he's putting something that's about the size of an inhaler against himself, and there's a button at the end, and uh, the sticky part is at the other end. And what he does is he puts the sticky part up to his wherever he's gonna put the side at that moment. Presses the button, and it, it's in there. It's in and, there. And this is I'm telling you, I used to have the other ones, and they did hurt sometimes. And the needle was big, like uh, big enough. You know what I mean? It wasn't huge, it. but like. And it would, it would like, sometimes it would bleed and stuff. I'm telling you this thing, mm. I stick it right on my leg. I can do it on the back of my arm by myself because it's already, it's already loaded. Like the spring's already loaded. Like you pull this out, push the button and it just goes click and that's it. One of the hardest things for me when Casey was diagnosed was going into his room in the middle of the night and having to like poke him and yeah. then it wouldn't work and I have to poke him again and like he's bleeding and, and the insurance won't give you any extra stuff if it falls no, off. No. It, it, well that goes back like what you're saying about the 10 days like say he didn't want to wear it for 10 days maybe you wear it for 6 days 5 days yes. so he don't get the rash well guess what you're screwed because they're not going to send you extra and that's how long it lasts and they're going to base what they give you off of 10 days 10 days 10 days 10 days if it falls off at 9 days you know in Good the luck. end you're going to be short and yes. they're not going to give you extra Yes, in fact, like I've gone once. One time, I stopped using it for three months, so I had extra stuff. Wow. Yes, I mean, I do <laughs> see that. Like, whenever someone with type one ha gets the chance to basically hoard extra supplies, mm -hmm. you must because, and like, they're not like Casey was five, six. Now he's seven. Do you know how many times he's bumped his arm against uh, mm -hmm. another? A wall. His child. His brother has wrestled him to the ground. Babe, do you know how many times I've worried about the apocalypse and worried about his <laughs> blood sugar during an apocalypse? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, get us the insulin. Yeah, seriously, yeah. an apocalypse, a war, like any anything that would prevent him from getting supplies he needs to mm -hmm. literally live and survive and not die. Like, it is like a horrible thing to think of. And when you go to insurance, like I was trying to order um, his next supply of cartridges for his pump and the infusion sites and they were giving him problems and saying, well, it's, yeah. it's like too early for that. And I'm like, well, I am yeah. almost approaching being out of them. Like, do you want me to wait till I'm out? And then what, what do I do? Oh, they don't care. They don't care. They and don't it's care. awful. And that's one of the biggest things I have to say that like, I'm, I'm managing, 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 and then insurance comes mm -hmm. in and does that. And, and that's when diabetes distress is like that's that's the last straw for me. Is, oh yeah, is I can't take that. And I I remember when the when my my mom got my first pump. My dad was working in a casino. We had pretty good insurance. I remember my mom in tears on the phone. Yes, them, and that's they paid me. a lot of money. Like the insurance would pay half of ten thousand dollars. Yes, so they had to pay four thousand five thousand dollars out of their pocket back. This is back when I was sixteen. You know, so that was that's a lot of money for anyone. But that was a long time ago. Yes. And they still did it and got me on it, you know, but it's, it ain't right. You know what I mean? When it's that technology is right. there, you know, but it, it's all dollars and cents, you know, but, but I'm, I'm happy it's there, you know, like that's why I'm thankful for my job. Like my job is awesome. The insurance is awesome. I don't Great, pay for man. anything. Oh, that's I mean, fantastic. It's, it's, it's got a job you loved. It's helping you out. Like, it's priceless. You yeah. Know and I mean? I, when like, I think of Casey's future, I always think of encouraging him to, to obviously do something he loves, but to do something he loves with good yeah. health insurance. But that's and that's another thing. Like I've bought life insurance when I was seventeen. Because yes. my dad's uh, buddy was a life insurance guy and he was like, you know, this is a serious thing and as he gets older it's gonna be crazy. And I just bought some life insurance like to add to what I have from work. Wow. It's crazy. 
I mean, like, I feel like this is something people really need to, like, let sink in. You bought life insurance at 17. Yep. I still got it. And it's, it's like, (sighs) I I tell people, like, I've been buying stuff. Like, you know, I've been, I've been fighting with insurance company. I mean, my mom did it for me until I was, you know, in my 20s and stuff. But, like, after that, it's, it's just, I have to figure it out. What else am I going to do? You know, it's like. Like you said, like they they'll say, "Well, your script is out." It's like, yeah, but I need my insulin. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, like, yeah, I still remember, like, when like why wouldn't they give you an extra two week? You know, an extra two sets every time you get it. Like that should just be part of it. Yes, it's, it's uh, not even close to abnormal for and it to you're, fall off. And you're just a, you're you're an intelligent dude. Like, there's so many people with diabetes who are uneducated or or just maybe not even mentally capable of yeah, keeping fall, up with and it. They, and they fall into that hole. You know, they just don't. It's like I don't want to do. It, it's a lot of work. You know, like yeah, it's 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 a ton of work. Like That's I what see. like I don't want to, I don't want to scare you guys or anyone else. But like, if you don't if you don't stay on it. It'll get you. Oh, we and know, it'll man. It'll get you fast, and it'll. It's like a death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my sugar was four hundred once. That's eh, okay. You know, but then like, all right, it was that way like three times this month, and then it's like, okay, I did it once a week now. It's like, like I said, it's just like an addiction. It's just Would like, you say yeah, death by a hundred cuts? Yeah, a thousand, thousand cuts. cuts. You know, it's like little, every little thing. You know, like adds up. Yeah, and like I the one the one thing I still don't have a real answer on, but. I always thought that, like, if you were diabetic, you're predisposed to a lot of things. But I always, in my mind, had it like, but that's if you're unhealthy with it. Because my doctor always told me, I had a doctor when I was really young. His name was Dr. Chikese. He was a really good doctor. And he always used to tell me, like, you'll be more healthy than most people if you do what you're supposed to. Because you have to. Mm. Yes, yes. But, like, I went to the doctor the other day, and he gave me this uh like blood pressure medication and i was like well is my blood pressure high? he's like that's eh, like borderline i was like well why do i need to take it and he's like well you're diabetic and i'm like well but does that mean that i just he's like well i put diabetics on it automatically just because they're at higher risk for everything and that was the first time i heard my doctor say that so like i need to look into that because i don't know if that's true or not you know like i wonder if that's skewed information i wonder if that's just because most people aren't healthy with it you know, like, right, yeah. I mean, that's what I want to believe, yes. you know, like, because I, I, that always stuck with me when he said that he always said, you'll be more healthy than most people if you do what you're supposed to, because it's, it's, it's like you're, you got to follow the book, you know, like you got to follow all the rules. If you follow all the rules, it'll, it'll be, you'll be more healthy than the average person. That's not worrying about that stuff until they have carotid arteries and all kinds of problems from eating crappy food and stuff like that, you know? So that was something that always stuck with me. I, you know, just kind of like, it's kind of like if I do what I'm supposed to, I'll be better off than everybody anyway. You know, so and I, there is truth to that for sure. That's motivating. That's yeah. a, that's a good motivator yes. right there. So so, dude, uh, man, thank you so much for talking about this. Is there anything else you want to say before we move on to something, my man, called the chat pack? Uh, uh, well, I, I did want to ask um, Mike. Uh, basically, if you could tell the world like one major thing you wanted to them to just to take away about type 1 diabetes what would you tell them that's a good question man he's dropped so many already i know it's gonna be hard to choose i'd probably just be reiterating myself but two things like i just said you know if don't let it control you you know you got to control it you know like if you do what you're supposed to, you're gonna you're gonna be a you're gonna be a textbook healthy person. 
You know, like, and it, it won't stop you. You know, like, it, it is, I, I've accomplished a fair amount in my time, I think, and, and it hasn't stopped me, you know. And, and there's people, there's famous people that have it. Jonas Brothers guy has it. We yeah. went to see Poison, dude. <laughs> when we went to see the yeah, Poison yeah, yeah, concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude had a... That's much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was very cool. But he had the deal on his arm. He had the patch on his arm. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, he's got type 1. The other thing is, like, just find somebody that has it. You know, and, and it's probably not that hard with the internet there's, and stuff. There's, there's quite a few. There's, out there. there's right. stuff. You know, like and and pursue that. You know, like f- talk to somebody that has it. Just, just like anything else, like it's insider trading, man. Get all that inside information and learn from somebody else's mistakes before you make them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's with anything in life. You know, it's it's all the same basic rules. Yeah, but. You got to just, you, you have this. to make it a positive thing. You know, it's like, it's who I am. People know that I have that. Like people that know me know I have it and it, it doesn't, I have my issues. I have my days. I have my problems, but it's kind of my thing. You know, like if, if you know, if you had some knew somebody was having trouble and like absolutely give them my number, you know, and I yeah, wouldn't we care. Were. I wouldn't care at all. You know, like that kind of stuff. I know people that are embarrassed to have their pump out or have it on. Like I've really? heard, I've heard of that. And I'm like, what? Uh, like feel bad for me. I'm wearing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, man. I would never Rock try to hide. Thing. Yeah. I would, I give my, uh, Mary picks out my stickers. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I we get some sweet right dragon stuff. You yeah. get the pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get some dragons ones for Casey and some cool yeah. designs. You just got to make a thing out of it. You know? It's yeah, like, man. Make, it's, it's terrible. Me and but Casey and I, we have this thing where it's like every time I poke that needle and him, he's always telling me how, how how good it was or how much it yeah. hurt, you know, but yeah. I'm getting good at it, man. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's really good advice, Mike. And I have to say that, like, one thing I've thought about is how fortunate Casey is to honestly know quite a number of people with type one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows you, Steph, our friend Jan. Um, he, he knows other people in town. He knows some children with it and, and, um, people, you know, within the JDRF community with it and their Mm -hmm. children. I mean, we know quite a number of people with it and I have seen the impact that that makes for him and feeling supported. So I really, really agree with that. Yeah. And he might, you know, he, he probably acts like he's annoyed by it, but he's not. Yes, <laughs> you are so right about he'd be, that. He'd be he'd be lost without it, and he he has to have it. Yeah. So like, even he he could tell you to get out of his face. He doesn't mean that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, so you just funny. You are on the money with that, dude. <laughs> so on the yeah. money. All right, yeah. it's chat pack time. Go right. ahead and point to one of these, and it's going to ask you your favorite something. Here we go. <laughs> what kind of music do you like, man? I'm all over the place. You are you? Well, everyone, you know, everyone always remembers and always loves for the rest of their life that song from high school. Or, I mean, you know, the bands, the songs, people just, I don't know about you guys, but the music I listened in high school, I'll probably listen to for the rest of my life. So, that being said, favorite song from your high school years? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, that's hard to choose, but maybe like first ones that kind of come to mind talking song or just band here we could go band but if you got a song to to put with that band maybe that would help don't don't tell anybody this no one's gonna hear this i'm a big third eye blind fan oh no no (laughs) (laughs) and are they still doing it not the stuff on the radio but that's kind of me and my wife's thing okay we've been to a bunch of concerts we've been listening to them since 
high school, you know. But. Is Third Eye Blind the one that's do 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 do? Yeah, but they got, that song's great. They got way better music than that. Do they? Dig, dig into it. Yeah. I like that song. So if it gets better, I'm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but we had uh, one of their songs was our wedding song and stuff. So they have a. They have a lot of good stuff. All right. But I'll be checking out Third Eye yeah, Blind. Check them out. Okay. Don't be embarrassed <laughs> about that. It's like you said, Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, babe, Lisa didn't even know the song Thriller when I met her. So oh, man. do you have a high school song? Was it country, babe? Oh, my gosh. This is, I, I, you, as you know, I have very little memory for songs, names, titles, artists. <laughs> memory in general. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Spice Girls. Um, <laughs> but I, when you said Third Eye Blind, I do remember I think I had a CD case with Third Eye Blind because it was a moment when like we were listening to certain music that my uncle was passing to us like as recommendations, mm. and that, I think that was one of them. So um, you're just going to take that answer because he said it? I mean, other than that, <laughs> I did listen to country music, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go number two all right here we go here we go i liked that question third eye blind all right didn't see that coming i figured you for a rock guy all I'm right like, i do like rock too right? yeah all right babe your turn point to one are you gonna read it I'm taking my job she's taking control of the situation all right, that's not what she does um, she's the boss okay. she's the boss <laughs> favorite thing to do with your best friends Oh, I mean, if I'm going to be truly honest, it's going to it's going to be just having heart to heart conversations because those are things that you really need in life. And you need to have like that special person with a special connection where you can like share, um, you know, very important things and emotions with and. Just having that kind of person in your life, I mean, I value that, and that's what I take away the most when I hang out with my uh, best friends. Cool. Uh, I think um, probably just anything, said anything, what would you do with them? That's what you said, right? Like, the favorite yeah, thing they do, skydive way. or yeah, just, like, like go I, to the park. I'm a know? big beach person. I'm just a big out, outdoors person. You're I like, a beach I like, guy. Oh, yeah. I like laying on the beach. I like floating in the ocean. Huh. Stuff outside, something that's not noisy and just chill, just peaceful, cool, and you know, just hanging out, stuff like that. Like, like a good, uh, like a good I've fire. Got no, I've got, yeah, anything outside, anything. Yeah, I just like being outside. The cold doesn't bother me. Heat doesn't bother me. I like, you know, just something different. Get yeah. a, get away from all the noise and TV and all that junk. You hear that, kids? Yeah. Kids, <laughs> millennials, all you people, go outside. Yeah, don't it's listen way. to podcasts. And- no. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, hey, um, is there anyone out there who you two want to give shout outs to before we get out of here? Um, sure. So obviously, I have to give a shout out to you, Mike. I mean, ooh, try not to get emotional, but. You've been there for us from day one, and that means a lot. It means literally the world to us. And, um, you know, you're a warrior. I can see it, and I know it. Um, and then my other shout-out's going to be to Casey. I'm just so proud of him. He just handles this like a champ, and and it's not easy. So I love you, Casey. Hey, dude, he's going to pretend like he didn't care when he hears that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like it. <laughs> <laughs> totally cares. Totally cares. Yeah. Hey, man, anyone give a shout out to? Yeah, uh, you know, same thing. Mom, dad, my wife, my kids, everybody in my family that 
got me there, you know. Without them, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that that initial that I told you that before, like you remind me of like my mom and, you know, Jen and everybody that was there for me in the beginning. Like you, you gotta set that track. It's all about that. In the beginning it of course you can bounce back and all that stuff, but those that foundation is key to anything, you know, and you guys are doing it, so he I know he's gonna be fine. You know, and he's got He's got all the support in the world, and that's what you need. Hey, dude. And, and Thank you, you so much, Mike. And you have our support 100%. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lisa and Mike.